And so when people hear diet word dialysis, immediately they, they shy away from anything healthcare related because it's a, it's a lifestyle change, right? Yeah. Dialysis is where you're either connected to a machine that cleans your blood because your kidneys are unable to do so. You talk about the beans, we call, we call kidneys the bean, right? right? And so if you take a filter, kidney, you take a coffee pot, put beans in it, coffee beans in it, fill, fill your pot up, you get the star button, the first batch comes out nice and dark. Because it's filtered. That's what your kidneys do in your body. As you start progressing to kidney disease, you can no longer filter. So imagine pouring out that batch of coffee, refilling the water back up and just getting started. Don't change your beans. Just start. The next batch is lighter. And it keeps getting lighter and lighter and lighter. If you notice, when you wake up in the morning, the first time you pee, it's nice and dark. And as the day goes on, it's lighter and lighter and lighter. That's the kidneys. The people that don't work, they don't get that darkness. It's always clear because they can't filter the bad toxins out of the body. And that's what dialysis does. It filters the bad toxins out. So if the vitamins drinking bourbon up here in the master house is still issue that next morning, it's just like when you eat asparagus, it's like I don't care. Yeah, so you know something's working. That's good. I don't know about it like that. Right. So the kidneys work the best when you're laying down. So at nighttime when you're laying and you sleep at night and you wake up, that's what it's working. So as you notice, as the day goes on, it gets worse. This is good enough. Yeah. So how did you? How did you get? How did, what? What, what jumpstart you to be into medicine? So my dad's a doctor, and so I grew up down the street from International Facilities here in Austin Park, and I remember rounding with him on the weekend. We go to the doctors. I'd sit the doctors out like he went into the hospital rounding. But I think more so than anything else, it was more of a when he became successful, I was 15 years old. So that's when he finally started financially being successful. And I said, and he told me, well, son, you can have this lifestyle if you work hard. Or pick whatever you want. I used to be real rebellious. So I used to argue, I'll give you this, I'll give you this, I'll pick I'll pick garbage off the street and make money. I all sorts of rebellion. But then I realized as I got older, if I want a good lifestyle, I gotta pick a good profession. And that's what it comes down to, whether it be doctor, lawyer, engineer, whatever it may be. Entrepreneur, IT was not big when you were growing up. It became big later. Right? So it was more for me to say it was going to be something that I know would be would be stability long term production. So little did I know that even during the pandemic, you have a job, right? So that's how that's how I got into medicine because my father was so in it. I got a lot of uncles in it too. And so family reasons put you came to the mindset for wanting medicine. What was, what was while in school, why to be a kidney specialist? Okay, so that's my dad's a heart specialist. And I refused to go on the hearts because I never saw him going up. He was always going working. And so it was like a version therapy for me, right? And so I did a rotation while I was in medical school in Ohio with my uncle. He's a kidney specialist. And I remember we went in and it was a distinct, simple case at that time wasn't the hypercalcemia, high levels of calcium in the blood. And my uncle sat 45 minutes and looked at the trends of when things happen. And I was like, this is real cerebral, pretty cool. And that's how I went into it, because I was like, I like this. I like I like the thinking aspect, the analytics involved in it. You look at trends and you see when patients' numbers change. So like if you have a normal kidney function, and all of a sudden on day three it drops, 
what happened on day two and then we find out that they gave a big dose of ibuprofen and they gave some kind of medicine to hurt the kidney. But if you didn't look at the trend, you'd have no idea. You didn't go back and look at the day of when it happened, you'd have no idea. So it was very cerebral for me. And then there was also procedures involved, there was transplant involved, there's a lot of things that were involved. So that's how I went into it. But I was against cardiology. That's why, otherwise I don't cardiology. It would been the easiest thing ever, just to walk into my dad's practice and take over. But I, I went to Harvard and started to get that involved in surgery. I do minor surgery. Dialysis patients require what we call an access to get connected to the machine to clean their blood, right? And that access is an artery and a vein connected to each other. You've probably seen it. If you've ever seen dialysis patients, you see the big balls on their arms. Because that's where they put the needle in them, right? And so the needles keep going in. And so what we do in our practice at the Kidney Health Center is we go in and clean it to make it function properly, routine maintenance, to make sure that the flow is good. Because if there's any change in flow, it changes how the machine cleans your blood. So if you get a narrowing, then the machine can't clean it as well. So your numbers are poor. So it's like the purpose of dialysis is to clean your blood and remove excess fluid because you don't urinate, you don't eat. And so by doing so, when you connect it to the machine, if that fistula or graft doesn't work properly, you're not going to get a good clearance. So we go in with the needle and balloons in and open it up and fix it. So that's what that's part of my practice. So it's minor surgery, but it's in a surgical center. So what would they get that response to the question? So what would keep an individual from pain? So what happens yes. is as the kidneys fail, right? Okay. What's prevention against that? Right? So there's no such thing. So first and foremost, what we tell everybody is you gotta drink two liters of water a day. You have to. Don't hurt. Whether you, again, there's a caveat to it. So if you have heart failure, if you have other conditions that don't allow you to, you can. But assuming you have no other issues, two liters of water a day, number one, it prevents stone formation. So you hear a lot of people have kidney stone, which in general, that's like for men, that's like passing a baby or crazy. It's crazy. And so two liters of water just keeps everything flush. <laughs> but, you know, we talk about it up here a lot. We joke, they're like, oh, God, I by drinking the bourbons and all this, I'm gonna come see you for my kidneys. No, because the kidneys love liquid. I don't care what liquid it is. They love liquid. Now the liver don't like liquid. Right? The liver hurts when you drink too much liquid. The kidneys don't. So you don't get the liver hurts. You end up with and you've heard this. You've heard people say they've got alcoholic cirrhosis. That's the liver failing because of cirrhosis of the liver. Not the kidney. No. Kidney's fine, but two liters of water. I don't care if you drink two liters of liquor, make sure you drink two liters of water on top of that. Wow. Two liters. Two. Two liters of water. Very straight from the gut. Um, man, I want to get, I want to take it a little bit step further. You know, uh, African Americans. What, what are you, what are you, what are you seeing as probably top two, top three, uh, I guess, issues? So, or is it not just based on solely African American, just top three uh, causes of, of kidney failure? Number one cause of kidney failure worldwide is diabetes. Okay. That's almost hereditary. Both diet and hereditary. Right? With the McDonald's, Burger King, and Taco Bell in every corner, and home cooked meals are a thing of the past. Right. It's easy. When you can get two waffles, two fries, and two drinks for five bucks, why would you cook it? Right? Yeah. 
was uh, in ranching. Yeah. So they, they grew almost everything. Right. All protein was in the backyard. Yeah. Just go kill the yeah. rabbit slaughter. A lot of times it's in all vegetables. Yeah. Grown. Yeah. But that's the key, what you just said. Right. Absolutely. And so, like, my grandfather was literally working right. physical labor every day. So yeah. He had what they call it old man strength, right? But yeah. he was he was yelling out how to get here, and he sweat out his salt. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. He sweat out his salt, and he's not eating what we're eating from all these grocery stores, right. which are infused with every antibiotic or something like that. Grandmother, grandmother cooked the breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah, exactly. And he lived till how old? And he was, I want to say, late eighties. Okay. So there's a big genetic part to that. Passed away because of accident. Still, I mean, even then, still in top physical shape. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I get. What are we doing now? We sitting on our asses. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Man. Yeah. So this is interesting. I'm still shocked that greater than fifty percent. And another part of that is like, you know, even if somebody, you know, something normal. Male, right? You take those 10 bells that you missed. How many of those guys actually want to get checkups? Correct. Or how many of those guys actually have somebody who can influence you know, them into going to get a checkup? You know, to giving the people this knowledge that you know, doctors break down on us. You know, I don't recall any male in my family going to the checkup. Check so, like, the bank is me. I have friends and a wife in the military. Other people who uh, influence me to get physical, so what they think of prior generations. So, my mom used to always tell me, right? I mean, if you know better, you know better. Absolutely. So, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. So, if you're not going to get checkups, don't have the resources that you yeah. have here and yeah. that stuff, right? right? You don't know. Yeah. And some people even just stuff it. They know. Well, they still say the still out of the court, right? So, I think it's simple. So I'll give you a simple example. It's as simple as going to your CVS and Walgreens to put your arm in the machine to check your blood But that number shouldn't alarm you. It should make you act on it. Right? But instead, the mindset of humanity is, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll walk away. I'll be all right. Right? And then there's a whole big group of individuals that pay for insurance on a monthly basis and don't use it. Why are you paying for something in vain and don't use it, right? You're not going to buy a car and just let it sit in the garage. You're right. You pay for insurance, go get your yearly checkups. And then follow up as necessary with the physicians, right? I was telling Jay Reed, I think I told you this too, I want to do just a simple blood pressure and uh, checkup here at the International Hospital. Right? And I still don't. I want to set up one morning group, we advertise it, we bring people in, members especially, to come in. Just to get a blood pressure check and a sugar check. So they come in in the morning, so they're fasting, right? Don't let them eat after midnight. All we do is put the glucometer and a blood pressure. I bring two or three nurses that have persistence in here and just line it up and just do it one day. I love it. Like ten cold milk chips. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's free of charge. Yeah. Like, we're not trying to do anything, but just uh, let people be aware that, hey man, let's go get checked out. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, how's, how's the stick smoking? Oh man, this is one. This is absolutely one. It's a little slight pepper, a little bit of cocoa or chocolate or something dark in there. I don't 
takes the like the leather of the earth. It's like the, it's almost like the, the cocoa without the sugar. Right. You know, I mean, it's just good. You know, you get the, the extra aroma. Dot cigar. Yeah. It's just all man. I love it. I love it, Bobby. But one of my favorites. Yeah. So we're going to the IPCPR this year. And Bobby. <laughs> Man, so switching gears, uh, you play, uh, you know, I know you played golf, you played just several times, but you played tennis growing up, right? I did. How has that helped the golf game? How has it helped you transition to the game of golf? Speak on that a little bit, or if it hasn't, then just say, no, nah, I've had to start over from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can tell the scores to show you how it helped at all, but I think a lot of it is hand-eye coordination. Yeah. Right? When you play any sport, hand-eye coordination, baseball, right? hand-eye coordination, so that really tremendously allows you to, to make contact. Now, for me, and you guys all know that I come over the top on my swing because it's just, that's what feels comfortable. And in golf, a lot of it is your left hand and wrist. In tennis, for me, it's all my right. So I'm compensated by, because I can't do the left properly, I was compensated by using my right to turn the club. Where it should be your left turn the club. Yeah. When you come through, you should be able to swing through and flip your wrist to, cut, to, to turn the club. Yeah. I use my right, because I don't, I can't do it. And most people do, I mean, golf is very golf is like, from rugs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
I like it. Look at the camera one more time. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. I want to talk about this. But, you know, I, so, no, 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 it's, it's true. Yeah. Though, you want to be out. You want to, we had a guy come on the show. He talked about the importance of, of force management. Oh, right? Remember that? Oh, sure. He, he wow. said, he said, look, he said, first of all, and these guys are, but he goes green to tea. Oh, yeah. Not tea to green. Right, right. We go tea to green, Joe. Right? Yeah, That's yeah. what he said. If I go to the woods, and I was watching that episode, it was fantastic way he explained it because shout out to shout out to oh, right. I, absolutely. If you if you take golf and relate it to day to day life, which you can do, right? It's one of those sports you can do that. Golf will chew you up from the moment you hit the tee box to before you putt the last the last putt on the eighteen. And it's how and it's only you against it. And how you compose yourself, get your mind right, because you're gonna hit bad shots. Right. It's how bad are your bad shots gonna be. Right. And what can you do to make up for them? Right? Yeah. Golf is all we talk about all the time, you've heard all the same. It's a game of interest. Right? It's a game of bad misses. It's not a game of good shots, right? It's a game of good inches of bad misses. Yeah. You minimize your bad misses yeah. to make your up and down. Oh, yeah. So, since you say that, I was watching the NBA last week, right? And they had, uh, I don't know if it was Jessica or Nelly Porter. They were one of sister that one, right? And they were showing stats of them reaching the green from the rough, and she was leading. And uh, the other people who were in the top five were also leading. So it, even, it wasn't about the people who were in the fairway reaching the green, those people who were in trouble. And still be on great practice. So, I mean, it's, it's so much important about we think about we don't hit the fairway, but now we bad. Yeah, but you know what? Awesome. It's funny you say that because a lot of us, like, we'll, some of us get a bad drive. Mm-hmm. It's like that second shot is always one. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's the recovery. Yeah. I know some people would argue that they're okay coming off the tee, but right. man, that second shot, second like, shot, like, like, God, man, yeah. right back into the mm-hmm. In the play, right? To where you know, chip on or whatever yeah. case they beat, my body and that nature. So I agree. You talk about coming from the rough. Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, we went to Alabama for the first time. Doc was the only one that was playing well. Zebo, one of our guys here, and I saw him play. He said, uh, "Just focus on getting on the three. Focus on getting the bogey. Get on the three, two foot. That's your bogey. You get 16, 15 bogeys, a couple par. Still don't shoot nice. That just changes. Mindset. Yeah." Mindset, right? Mindset. Yeah. It's mindset. That's 95%. Right. What I recognize with our group of people that we play with here is, so we, I saw on one of y'all shows, so I got a simulator for me, right? So for me, the simulator's purpose was to keep hitting balls, but to see what my carry distance is. Yeah. Because I was so far off on distances, just because of the number of clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my seven iron should be 150 yards. My seven iron is not 150 yards. Right? You can't compare. Correct. Right. So the next main plan. Right. right. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Not that's another 50. Like, you get a shot, you go three to seven iron. What's your swing? Five yards. Oh, what's your swing? So, like, what's the distance, right? What's the carriage? <laughs> that's the important What's your serious? If you got him six iron, you got him yards. Six iron, you got him six iron. But you remember when, uh, had to get on the show. He said going from green to T. We go from T to green. Absolutely. He was like, man, we already know the numbers. Right. We're not even thinking about that. Right. right. 
we want to manage the course. Yeah. So okay, so T is, is this way. In place. In place. Okay. I gotta be able to hit this shot to have it looking in. So we, we talk about it, he talked about it, several other people talked about it. The biggest thing is what course management. You know you know your numbers. Right. I remember you don't know because he said you got the simulator yeah. to figure out right. just the numbers. Right. I don't know my numbers. Yeah. I I remember Jerry Reed Rob when I played um for Fairland Country Place, I think it was. And they played pitching wedge from drive to 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 green. And so driver to green, they both pitching wedge to green, they both so, yeah. And how much easier would it have been to just hit pitching wedge, pitching wedge, right. pitching wedge? Yeah. 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 Ken and I did that same thing. He had this membership over here at Sweetwater. At Sweetwater, right? So uh, he, he was one of us who did not drive for the crowd. So, yeah, so we said, he was driving the car, and he put it in the bag. He was scalping irons all day long. He was shot at the end of the day. He got the strut. It was amazing. It is. I want to do that once. Yeah, yeah. You, you hit your long irons. Just as far as someone else that I promise. Right in the fairway. So, wow. Yeah. So you figure out that beat the dog on the right. Yeah, you know, yeah. 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 right. Yeah. I was playing with Brandon one day and I think I dug, I think I hit the driver twice, good, and then it went like two, three holes bad. I was like, screw it. Four, three wood. I heard Brandon say, ain't never seen no Ray Gibson give up. <laughs> <laughs> but the next four or five holes, Three hours more, like 220, 230. Yeah. 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 Potentially slicing it or fading it, dusting it, dumping it or whatever. That has worked for me. Especially if there's like a narrow fairway right. with hazards. I'm like, man, I can I know I can crank this five iron, you know, one ninety and roll two hundred, but let me just put it back in my stance, slap it up, and it may roll one seventy. Now I'm safe. I haven't cost a stroke or penalty. Chip up still, and if the butter works, you know, two bucks. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Like I said, R on three, two bucks. He, yeah. he said the ground, he said the ground is your friend. Right. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Like the first go for the, you know, those guys that the man, he doesn't bother at. He's like, if it's things all day long, but he's fairly, they're all right around. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so, would you put the simulator Definitely, you see improvement in your game? So, What's sad is I don't, I don't see the improvement the way I want to see it, but I definitely feel more comfortable standing over balls. Right? <clears throat> and I know because I'm an over-the-top guy, my shot shape is the fade. It's a left-to-right shot. I'm not going to change that. I can't change that. Um, but the distances have helped. And like in anything, if I use, when I use it three times a week, that weekend I'm shooting a low 80s, mid 80s, right? When I don't use it, I'm going to shoot the low 90s, mid 90s round. Like in anything, it's practice. If you practice it, you practice it. But I just want to get comfortable with the swing pattern and just making good contact. And the good thing about the simulator for me was 
it shows your angle of when that club hit, hits the ball. Is it negative or is it positive? The lower, the closer I am to zero center, but you, you hear it. You've probably been there. You've know, heard it. You've tagged it properly, you can hear it. Right. And you know right away. And then you look, you're just waiting, watching the little path along the screen. Right. Right. Yeah. Part two of that's going to be on the Part two of that will be on the tablet. <laughs> so that's where it helped. Again, with this pandemic and knowing that this is what I truly enjoy doing, yeah. I figured, let me do my investment now. Let me get the investment out of the way. Because it's an investment. And you can spend anywhere from $500 to $15,000 on a single Depends on what your budget is and where you are in your your, your home or it's in your backyard. Mine's in my garage. We don't park in the car, so I ain't gonna put it in the garage and swing away. But you know, gotta make sure you swing away. Yeah. What do you, you plan for? What's in the bag? So in the bag right now are M6s from four through approach wedge, Taylor Made. I've got a Taylor Made M1 drive. I've got a Taylor Made M3. That's my M4 3 hybrid. And now I just got the Kirkland, Costco Kirkland webs, 52, 56, and 60. The second person I know this week that's transferred to Kirkland. Yes, yeah, so, so we, a buddy of mine is a pharmaceutical rep also, like Rob, has um, played with this Kirkland putter one day we went out. Which is, we, I, I can think of Scotty Camp too. And then he showed me, he's like, oh, it's Kirkland. 120 bucks, 130 bucks. Bob Hutton was like, this is fantastic. Okay, well, just now recently. But I guess, you know, all these club manufacturers are coming from somewhere. Right. You know, like, kind of like cigars. Like, yeah. I found this out from Jerry. Placencia's factory produces not just Placencia, all these others. Yeah. So they're coming from somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, fantastic, right? Yeah. I'm getting the I'm getting the notes of uh, leather now. Uh, it's changed. It's changed. Yeah. It's, it's good. Uh, we've had some cigars up here that we've spoken about the show repeatedly. This is fantastic. Right. We have we've had some where it's been. Uh, let me get back to the conversation. Read on the talking about. But this was this was definitely good, man. I, mean, you know, I think I've puffed this much on the show in a minute. Right. Was good, man. So, just going back to uh, before we before we wrap up, uh, what can we go back to the medicine portion real quick before we, before we tap out? Uh, in, you said two liters of water, right? Minimize your salt. Minimize salt. What an exercise! Absolutely, excellent. At our age, when you start reaching forty plus. 80%, 85% is 20% is your exercise. You definitely need it. 85% is your, is your diet. You can cut back on your, your salt intake, your fat intake. That's the key. And you got to keep your water intake up. Again, the caveat, uh, the asterisk is you've got heart failure or other reasons why you can't drink two liters, and you can't. Right? So if your heart's not functioning well, if you drink two liters, you'll back up and you'll start swelling all over. But for those people that don't have that issue, which is most of us in here, drink the two liter. Again, I don't care if you drink the sodas on top of that, the teas, the coffees, because I'm a big coffee guy. 19 cold podcast guy now. Now I'm proper guy coffee all the time, right? So this is what we do in 
home, you drink a lot of coffee, but I also drink a lot of water. Yeah. You'll see us on the course, and I'm drinking water. We're on the course playing 18 holes, not, not having to pee once yeah. throughout the course. Yeah. In 98. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I told my wife that the other day, I was like, I had two Gatorade, he started having to pee water, and I didn't have to pee the whole round. That's like that's a problem. So, healthy-wise, keep up your water intake, watch your diet, get your exercise in, so get your so check out more opportunities Oh, easy. <laughs> <laughs> or get ready or something, easy. Yeah. And get your checkups. Pay for your insurance. And if you're not paying for insurance, there's so many ways. Just go to this local CVS and Walgreens, buy you a cup of home if you can to keep your blood pressure checked. When you talk about the statistic of 55%, up to 75% at the age of 55 for African Americans that have high blood pressure, I lost a brother, you guys know that, I lost a brother that I called about four months ago from high blood pressure at 52 years young. Because they refused to take blood pressure medicines. They refused to be on pills. It's as simple as that. The genetic component of it is you can't. If your genetics are where you're going to have high blood pressure, there's nothing you can do from a diet exercise perspective that will put it wrong. It'll be better. You need pills. Now before you before we jump out here, I see you flipping the, the focus and stones logo. Uh, <clears throat> tell us a little bit about that. So about so I think I joined I joined I still probably about coming up on six years now. Okay. And uh, so I met Jay Reed and Ken and a bunch of the guys up here and Jay Reed always played golf and Ken was just starting, so we all went out and played one day. And we started making it a habit of playing on weekends, right? And then we decided we need to come up with so they've already got a golf trip, so I'm joining their golf trip for the first time in Alabama. But like we need to come up with a logo, shirts, and so on and so forth. Call ourselves a group so that the groups can go out and get discounted rates as a group, right? So we came up with Bogey's and Stogie's. I don't know if we came up with the design of the thing, Jay. I think it was Canada. Okay, yeah, so we came up with the design, put on shirts. And so it's on our Instagram page called Bogey's and Stogie's, right? Yeah. And so we just try to post different places we go play, trips, any local things that we do, we'll just take pictures, put it on that page. It's kind of like just to get people to see what we're doing, just like we're doing here with the Nike Pole, right? The podcast is in the world now. To show that iStogies has a group of people that go out as a camaraderie, playing tournaments now. As you can see, we're wearing golf and golf, right? And so those are the things that, that that's what those studies came from. Everybody supports, I love that. <laughs> now, yeah, another logo. Right. So, during this pandemic, Jerry was talking about he wanted to set up his own line. When he drew it, I was like, you know, I really want to have my own line, not for sale, just for me, right? And if you walk in my house, I've got Buddha statues everywhere. For some reason, Buddha just gives me some kind of peace, right? The, the, just the statue itself, some serenity and peace. So, I came up with this logo of Buddha and holding a golf ball. Underneath his hand underneath. And so that's what I wear. So I either wear golf or bro or, or my, my logo. And all the Nikes and Adidas and all that from a shirt and hat perspective, no more buying. I'll only buy golf or bro. I've already made mine, I'll only buy golf or bro. Because it's A, it's supporting a good friend of mine, and it's a business that I saw I could just take off with and I said, get out of support. And why give support to all these other people when you've got a Great quality product here, and it's classy. Look, I mean, look at that hat, right? I have that. 
Yeah, this yeah. is one of his first. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. it's changed and he's evolved so much because he gets all the newer products and all he's evolved like close. Right? So that's where it came down though. Yeah, he stays getting better, man. That's what I like about the brand. And uh everybody knows. So kudos, shout out to Golfer Bro. This is the man himself, but uh golferbroapparel.com. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Um so So I won by a few strokes, cognac and a few totes. We gon' talk about our views and let the news post. Whether a whole in one or a triple bogey. Sit down at the round table, get to know me. Black excellence, living holy. Golf carts get driven slowly while we pickin' stogies. We at the clubhouse for another episode. The shoes I wear when I play, they are retros. I got reach out in Pebble Beach. Find cigars and some leather seats, and you can let us be. You can meet me at the 19 pole, or you can beat me there. Long as you know, you gon' see me there. Golf podcast for us. You can zoom in. You know where we'll be. Won't you tune in? Meet me 